I'm Kate Daniels. There's a change in our traffic laws that just took place at midnight. It's the new distracted driving law. There's been a lot of publicity about this, and we're going to talk about it again because repetition will hopefully reinforce the awareness and ultimately keep each and every one of us safe on our roadways. Angie Ward is a program manager with the Washington Traffic Safety Commission. She joins us, as she has done before, to give us the details of what is taking place so that we are really well-informed. So let's meet Angie and really get a good understanding about this distracted driving law. Angie Ward, good morning. It is so great to have you join us once again. Good morning, Kate. What a day. This is the day, a day that I really hope and pray is going to be like this turning point because this is the day that the new distracted driving law goes into effect. In fact, it's uh, just a few hours old already. Yep, it sure is. And we want to make sure that every person possible hears about it. Exactly. And and I've been hearing, you know, promotions, uh, PSAs, there are videos around. So it's not that we are in the dark about this, but it is something that we just obviously need to keep reinforcing and underscoring and reminding people. But what happens with the law is now it's going to uh, affect our pocketbook, our bank account, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the governor vetoed an effective date that was in the bill that would have given us um, a little over a year to publicize and to let people know about the law. But he felt so strongly that he wanted it to go into effect right away that he took that out of there, he vetoed it, and now it comes in effect today. So, you know, while we're excited about that, uh, we also know that many law enforcement agencies, including the State Patrol, are holding off really enforcing it aggressively Uh, until probably about the first of the year because they want people to get that chance to hear about it. Well, that is great that there's going to be that leniency, and I hope people really take it to heart. And that's what we want to do this morning is to really underscore what uh, it, it entails, what to do, and the bottom line, again, beyond all of this is the fact we are looking at target zero. We want to really save lives. It's not about the money. It's not about having power and control. It's saving lives, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, not one of us can deny that when we look around as we're driving that we're seeing people uh, doing this. They're using their phones while they're driving. Um, and we know that 30% of all crashes have something to do with distraction, Uh, We don't always know the specifics of what people are distracted by. That's a little bit more difficult to ascertain. But those kinds of crashes have attributes that law enforcement enforcement tell us that uh, they know that distraction is playing a big role. So, And in the case of cell phone distraction, we know that it's not just eating a hamburger or having a conversation with someone in the car next to you. It's manual because you're holding it in many cases. It's cognitive because you your mind goes somewhere else. When you're talking to someone that isn't in the car with you, your brain really does function differently. So yeah, we are, we're taking it seriously and it is part of Target Zero. You know, one of the things that we have heard in the last few weeks as we've begun to talk about this law is that people are asking why we're not focusing on real traffic and safety problems like like DUI and that sort of thing. And we are. At the moment, I'm sure it seems like all we're talking about is this new law, but we have we spend half of our resources and half of our 
time, money on the impaired driving problem because that's half of our crashes. So we try to extend the amount of energy that's appropriate for each issue. It's just that this one is highlighted at the moment because we want people to hear about it. The thing is that we do also know, don't we, that what happens with distracted driving, especially with you texting and using cell phones, is that it's right in the same category as a DUI. We're so distracted, and you said the percentages are so high with the really tragic crashes that occur. Yeah, it's true. You know, this uh, this bill was called an EDUI bill, an electronic DUI. This was a, a name some legislators uh, put upon it. And so we've kind of continued with that with some uh, with some struggles because folks hear that and think, oh, what does that mean? Is it that the penalties are the same or um, does it mean that, that it's just like getting a DUI? Well, you know, for us, I mean, one of the big reasons this law passed is because four families came forward and had lost someone to texting, either the person that they loved themselves had chosen to text and drive or use their phone and drive, or someone else. In most of these cases, it was someone else came across the center line or hit their family member and and killed them. And in the end, um, the seriousness of that crime is no less. None of those people, you know, none of those people, whether they were drinking and driving or texting and driving or using their phone and driving in any way, set out to kill someone that day. This is something we know for sure. Uh, but in the end, the result was the same. So, so a family who loses somebody to a, a, dr- a drinking driver, a drug driver, versus a family that loses someone to a texting driver or someone using their phone in some way is no different in the end. So that's how it kind of got its name because there really is no difference. We are driving under the influence. That's what DUI means. We are driving under the influence of those electronics. And that has been shown to be a very dangerous choice to make. Yes, the tragedy of people being killed on the roadways by a vehicle. The circumstances still leave it as a person is gone, no longer to be within our network of family and friends. And so it is so really incumbent upon us to do all that we can to make a change. And and it just occurs to me as you were saying these things, Angie, that the difference with texting and driving is that there still is that consciousness People should Mm -hmm. definitely not get into their vehicle when they're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, but somehow their their brain is not functioning well. When we are taking a phone in our hands, we I assume that we really are sober and and making that conscious choice. So in a way that there's just that extra degree of seriousness, a different degree. It's all serious. Yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying, uh, and that's the beauty of it, too, because we can choose at any point to put that down, mm-hmm. to put it down, to have that moment of realization when you get that dirty look from the driver next to you. Uh, and that's one of the interesting things about about this dilemma on the road is that most of us know it's wrong, but we choose to do it anyway. And we think there are some addictive properties to the fact that people hear their phone ding or... Uh, see a flash of a text coming in and think, oh, somebody needs me. It's a social connection. And so we're quick to grab it um, when we might otherwise be really thoughtful about our driving. So we know that people have to take the extra step to put that phone away, put it in their glove box, turn it off. Uh, We know there are all kinds of 
apps and operating system options to, uh, to turn that phone off or to let it go when we're driving. Uh, it's something that we don't all do naturally, but um, it's, it's, it's interesting because there is that kind of self-righteousness that goes with when I'm using my phone in a moment on the road, it's because I have to, and it's just for a minute, and I'll put it down when I'm done. But when we see someone else using it, there is a there is this uh, righteous indignation that comes with it that we find kind of interesting, not not too far away from speeding. That you know, when we have to speed, we're just doing it in that moment, and we're and we know that we're going to stop doing it in a minute. And then, but when we see someone else doing it, we feel like somehow. Um, Ours was justified and theirs isn't. So there's a lot of social dynamic going on in the road that we're curious about and want to kind of put out in the open, especially around this issue. And the truth of the matter is, too, it does cross all ages. But doesn't it seem to be maybe a younger generation that is more so involved in uh, using their phones as they're driving? Yeah, there's there's evidence both directions. Okay. (laughs) that uh, this this is kind of a young person's problem. When, when I look at the crashes that we know, where we know someone was using their cell phone and, and were pivotal in an incident, a crash, it does appear that young people are, and when we say young, we mean you know 16 to 25, are a little bit more overrepresented in those crashes. But in the end, you know, I think all of us can attest that when we're seeing it on the road, it's, it is all ages. So... Um, you know, we do have special provisions for young people, young drivers that have a, an intermediate driver's license, hold an intermediate driver's license, are not supposed to be using a phone in any way, shape, or form, not even hands-free. Now, that's a difficult thing to enforce, but, you know, we, we do kind of take some special care for those drivers that are still developing their good driving habits. So as this campaign has been uh, gaining traction and getting out onto the airwaves and uh, all of the communications methods that we use, there has been some kind of pushback uh, from people. You shared some of these. You sent me a a list of some of these reactions. And interestingly enough, as I kind of just scanned the names, it seemed that there was more uh, negative reaction from males versus females. Uh, do you think that really is significant, Angie? Hmm. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't, even though I had sent those to you, I hadn't really noticed that the ones I was pulling out were more male. No, I, you know, I just, it's, I'm curious about that. I think that's probably true for many of the messages that we uh, put out there is that, you know, now that you're saying it, it does feel like maybe the, the more vocal opponents and I don't think in many cases they're actually opponents. I think that, you know, what our public is doing, and I think it's an important part of receiving input from the folks that are paying their good tax dollars for programs like this, uh, is that, you know, some people have strong feelings about the government being involved in their lives. And, you know, our response to that is always, well, you know, we have there's a couple ways to look at that. Uh, while we appreciate that you'd like to be left alone, we're all driving on public roadways. Uh, these are roadways that each of us pays for and, and kind of have, there's an expectation around them that there'll be some standard of safety. So, you know, we're torn ourselves because we'd love to be out of people's lives. We'd love to not have to remind people to do the right thing on the road. But unfortunately, that's what these particular federal tax dollars are for, is to kind of have that standard of safety. And we know that new laws change culture. 
uh, even though there may be some initial resistance to it, we know that that is what helps to, uh, for all of us to kind of have equal footing and know what is expected of us on the road. And I think most of us are okay with having the cell phone be a very minimal part of our drive for navigation, for music, uh, the things that we need help with as we're driving, but not for a social time or a time just to, to chat about something uh, with someone that could wait. Exactly. And these parts of it, the entertainment, uh, the navigation, there are now with technology so many options. We have those hand-free options to use so that it's not saying we can't use that. It's just the way that we are using it. Use it as a tool. Don't use it for communicating with uh, your friends and not getting to that destination because you took the time to uh, get distracted while you were on your way to that get-together. Yeah, I, we, we live in a great time that these tools are available to us and that at the same time, there are ways to mount it, to use it hands-free, which you know, hasn't been shown to be that much safer, honestly, especially when you're talking about an in-depth phone conversation. We, we would prefer that people wait that they pull over, that they not have those long conversations or heated conversations or super meaningful conversations while they were behind the wheel because those are the kinds of things that have been shown to really distract our minds in a way that's dangerous. So, yeah, we feel really fortunate that there are many, many ways to do this at least a bit more safely and use those tools in a way that are going to, like you say, get us there <laughs> safely. Exactly. And some of the reactions in the comments were, you know, well, what about the police? What about taxi drivers? Well, the police are a separate category because they are needing to have communication. And I I don't think of them as using a cell phone. They have their uh, equipment in the car that they're using. Isn't there a big difference there, Angie? There is a big difference in that, you know, law enforcement are first and foremost trained in a way when they are becoming police officers, troopers, they are trained in a way to be able to handle multiple things at multiple times. And granted, we all know that optimally that wouldn't be necessary. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's been going on in some capacity for many years. And that cell phone conversation versus, you know, talking on the radio and that sort of thing, it has been shown to be in a different category. Now, one thing we know for sure is that many law enforcement agencies across the state have policies themselves. You know, police management do not want their officers on the phone or their, their personnel on the phone during their shifts for anything other than police business. So we know that law enforcement agencies are taking this seriously. Does that mean that we're not ever going to see law enforcement on the phone? Absolutely not. We're going to see that. And that's why this exemption uh, was put in place for them, because we know that they have business to attend to that is life-saving business. So we know that many agencies, most agencies, take this very seriously, uh, and we know that they have business that they need to attend to, and, and we'll continue to do our work to make to encourage law enforcement officers to take this more seriously, too. So there's always room. There's always room for more safety. There's always room for uh, improved safety habits behind the wheel, and that goes for law enforcement, too, and we'll, we'll continue that work as well. So we realize we're all in this together. We're in this to save lives, to uh, all live good lives and live as long as we can and not have anyone's life shortened. Uh, 
in a catastrophic way. So here we are with this distracted driving law. Some of the people, when they were reacting to police using it, and we understand, uh, as you've explained it, uh, the good reasoning behind that, but they mentioned cab drivers. Do you think it's cab drivers are just having social conversations, or are people reacting to them taking calls uh, about a new fare, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think that any one of us in recent times has been either in a taxi or an Uber where maybe the driver made us uncomfortable or we at least noticed it. I do think that, again, the majority of these professional drivers are taking it seriously and know that what they should be doing is paying attention to the road. You know, there is no exception for them. They should be following the law. We do want them having their phones in a holder because they do have to use their phones to navigate. So, you know, we'll be doing some special outreach to that industry to make sure that that they're taking this law seriously. You know, I think it's it's interesting because I think a lot of times we don't feel comfortable saying something in those situations. And that's one of the things that we're working on is when we do surveys, we find out that people are willing to, that people are would be willing in that situation, especially with a friend of loved one that's using maybe, you know, not as much a stranger in the case of a taxi or an Uber driver or a Lyft driver. But we are hearing that people would want to say something. They just don't always know what to say. So that's one of the things we're working on is just kind of putting some words out there, simple words and uh, making it socially acceptable to kind of check in with each other about these behaviors. And it's in the surveys that we take, we also hear that people would be open to it if they were driving and a loved one said something. We're hearing that people would be open to, that that would influence them if they were to hear from one of their passengers that, hey, I feel unsafe or that bugs me. But we don't always know how to say it to each other. So we're <laughs> we're trying to come up with some simple words that might become hallmark of our Washington State driving society, which our drivers are, are good in Washington when you compare us with the rest of the state. There's always room for improvement, but uh, we know that our drivers, we have a lower fatality rate and that people take those kinds of things seriously. And our social culture on the road is, is something that we have some power over. And so we're hoping to, to kind of uh, create a new culture around cell phones and driving that we really are open to saying those things to each other and then changing our behavior because of it. Yes, that's a good thing. Is Think of this as uh, holding each other accountable and let's do this kind of shoulder to shoulder, arm in mm-hmm. arm. And uh, again, make sure each of us lives a full and healthy life. So yeah. today, this new law goes into effect, but as you were saying, Angie, that uh, the State Patrol is wanting to give us a little bit of leeway. Probably we're going to get away with, uh, you know, a slap on the hand kind of thing. But but this is so serious, and it is an infraction now, where in the past it was something that might be written up as a, an offense, mm-hmm. In the past, it's been that, but a secondary offense. Police needed to stop you for, say, speeding and notice that you were doing it. But this is primary thing. They can stop you if they see you using a cell phone. You have it in your hands, right? Yeah, that's right. It's actually been primary uh, since 2010. But the problem with the way that our law existed was that up until today uh, is that there were requirements about needing to have the phone held to your ear in order for it to be illegal. And the word texting was in the law. So when families came to us who had lost someone to a crash where a cell phone was involved, those were the things that they were interested in having changed. That holding the phone in any way, shape, or form 
uh, was really the distraction that needed to be addressed. And, and when that law came into effect back in 2007, that law that is now passe as of today or outdated, the first iPhone was coming out. So that flip phone of ours, that word texting kind of covered what we'd be doing on that phone. We'd either be talking to someone through the phone or we would be texting. Well, you know, a year later, that wording was outdated. So that's really what changed is that now it's, it's a bit more enforceable because what was happening is law enforcement were pulling people over saying, I thought I saw you texting. And someone would say, oh, no, I wasn't texting. I was looking at Facebook or I was holding my phone to change my music or I was, you know, looking at email. And all none of those things by the letter of the law were illegal. So that's what changes today is that now just having that phone in your hand doesn't matter what you're doing. And, and law enforcement told us over and over again, we don't want to ask what someone's doing. We don't want to try to differentiate between texting or emailing. That's none of our business. But what our business is, is that, you know, we're out here responding to these crashes, you know, whether they're a fatality crash, a serious injury crash, which some argue are even worse than fatality when someone has to live with an injury for the rest of their lives, or just a crash that ends up being a fender bitter that slows traffic down. And we are suspicious about how our traffic has gotten worse and what the role is of cell phones in that. Because when traffic slows, we pull out our phones, which will now be illegal, touching it anyway, we pull out our phones. And we think that those fender bender crashes in those situations are increasing. And what happens then? Slows it down even more. So I think when you put your phone away, you're doing two things. The chief of the state patrol said yesterday uh, during a news conference, he says, when we put our phones away, should we consider ourselves heroes because we're saving ourselves grief, whether that's being involved in a horrible crash or whether that's just improving traffic flow because we aren't going to be part of a fender bender that slows things down. We should feel good. We should feel like a hero when we put that phone away. See, now there's a good line. Feel like a hero when you put your phone away. Just those sorts of things to really generate the positiveness of it and feeling positive. I like that, Angie. Yes. Now, some of the things that go on here, too, the distracted driving, this goes in the category of a secondary offense, right? Uh, People won't be stopped for, I can't believe this, putting on their makeup. I'm just astounded when I have noticed that. Haven't lately, but it's definitely an offense, but not something that you will be stopped for. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as with all legislative efforts, uh, as a piece of legislation goes through the process, things get tacked to it. And this was one that that we weren't necessarily at the Traffic Safety Commission fighting for. While we get it, that all of those behaviors are distracting. You know, putting on your makeup is is a different sort of a task than using your cell phone. That, That using of your cell phone takes up space in your brain. In some cases, you're holding it in your hand. And also your eyes are off the road. So it's visual, it's manual, it's cognitive, mental. So in the case of putting on your makeup, that isn't the case. You are distracted. There's no doubt about it. But when we look at our crashes and what is involved by way of distraction, and when we looked at intersections just this last summer, we did it again this summer. We haven't gotten the results yet. But when we looked at intersections at what people were distracted by, we saw that at any given time, 9% of the population was distracted at an intersection. And we had all those things in there, makeup, dogs, hamburgers, looking at the radio, turning to talk to someone in the back seat. All of these things were listed as distractions. 70% of those folks that were distracted were choosing the cell phone as their distraction. So we know that it's kind of the distraction du jour 
that that is now maybe in the past someone might have been flicking with their radio or choosing some other distraction, and now the cell phone is that number one. So, yeah, you're right. It is a secondary violation. Those other behaviors are secondary violations. The using of the cell phone and holding a cell phone in your hand is primary as of today. Well, it's been primary, but it's just easier to enforce for law enforcement today because there's less specificity around what you could be doing with that phone. So holding the phone in your hand is now illegal and primary. You can be pulled over for it. If you're eating a hamburger and you're minding your own business and staying in your lane and that's the only thing that you're doing that is showing concern to law enforcement, they can't pull you over for that. But if you've run a stop sign and the officer sees that that cell phone is beside you or if you're speeding and you're also eating a hamburger or doing lane travel where you're not using a signal and you've got your hands full with a dog in your lap. Those are the kinds of situations now that law enforcement would be able to take the extra step and tack a $100 dangerously distracted citation on whatever else you might have been doing at that time as well. And then speaking of those citations, the cost of your first ticket, if you get stopped for that illegal cell phone use, what is the cost of that? $136. And then if you get a second one, the price of that ticket goes up, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes up to 234 and that's within five years. So if you get another one within five years, you can count on that ticket being a little heftier. And then probably the biggest change that would hurt people financially, and we don't want that. We want people to put their phone away and not have these citations because now this is going to be reported to insurance, and that's a new thing. This was kind of a non-moving violation in the past, but as of today, those citations for using your cell phone and driving are going to go on your insurance. And doesn't that make sense? Insurance agents and agencies need to know if we're choosing to engage in risky behavior. There's just no doubt about it that you know, even though we think we can use that cell phone safely, it is not making a safe driving choice for ourselves or anybody else. So in those insurance rates going up are probably going to be the thing that hit people the hardest. And we hope that people just choose to put it away and not have that financial burden come their way. And that's the bottom line, choice. It's yeah. not someone imposing something negative on you. These are the guidelines. You have a choice. And uh, there's a penalty if you choose to go the wrong way, correct? That's right. And, well, we know 94% of all crashes on our roadways can be attributable to behavior of some sort, whether it's speeding, impaired driving, distraction, not wearing your seatbelt. There are choices that we make all along the way that contribute to these crashes and the outcomes of these crashes. And that's why there are people like us working on driver behavior. Certainly, the roadways need to be safely crafted and managed and kept safe, but our drivers in across the world are responsible for most of these crashes, and they're preventable. So we're here to remind folks of that. Exactly. Today, this new law goes into effect. There's been fair warning. But again, it's all about safety, wanting to have a good life. And I feel that there's a really good website that you have for us, Angie, where more detail is available, where some videos are available that will underscore this, and maybe that will be the thing to shock the sense into us. Yeah, there's a couple ways to get there, but the most direct is wadrivetozero.com. And you can also just Google the Washington Traffic Safety Commission or New Distracted Driving Law, and hopefully that'll take you to a place where there'll be a jump-off point. 
for these materials, videos, or the rack card that law enforcement are going to be handing out over the next month or handing it out now. And also our Facebook page, Target Zero. Search Target Zero in Facebook, then you'll be able to find our page where a lot of these materials are as well. Perfect. Well, this has been perfect to have you with us this morning, Angie Ward. I so appreciate you, the work that you do, and taking time with us to really clarify this for us so that we can all make good choices, safe and healthy choices. Thank you so greatly. Thank you, Kate. You're one of our our strong partners in getting the word out about this, and we appreciate it. Happy to do that.